Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by Oarock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oarock. And I'm Michael Gray, the head writer of Oarock. Really, I'm really trying to keep you on your on your toes with the length of my pauses now, trying to vary it a little more each time. <laughs> oh, okay. One of, the, one of these times, it's just going to be like a minute straight. I'm going to see how long I can go before you say something like, Paul, are you, are you still there? <laughs> That's happened in the past. Uh, <laughs> my microphone became disconnected without me realizing it. And I was like, gee, Paul hasn't talked for a while. I, oh, okay. He's... Yeah, he's just doing his weird intro thing. How you, how you doing, Michael? Uh, I'm fine. This should be a busy month. We have actual content to talk about. Yeah, pretty exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, as we talked about last month, uh, Too Many Santas is out the door, and now it's just completely... I, I can't speak for you, but it's just completely wiped from my brain now. <laughs> oh, no. I can't even. I can't even remember that game anymore. There were Santa Clauses in that game. I, I, I heard it was well received. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, it got good reviews, uh, both on Steam and elsewhere. I'm, I'm quite happy about that. Uh, and then I, I mentioned this. Uh, actually, I guess I mentioned it on Facebook, so nobody listening will have known. But um, I was attending this online conference over the weekend called VN Conference. It's for uh, visual novel developers. Uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. I highly recommend it for any other VN developers out there. Uh, but I was hanging out in the chat, and someone said, Wait, are you the Santa Claus dating sim guy? And I was just, I was just so happy to be, to be thought of in those terms. <laughs> it felt very good. Well, it sounded like you, you're doing a good job with the, uh, the visual novel conference, because, because you said you were in, like, some sort of meeting about, making decision trees not boring or something oh i mean it was just it was one of the uh one of the talks that they gave there was a a lot of interesting stuff that i liked that one about um yeah about how how to uh enhance the uh decision prompts throughout the game and like the different different ways you can approach it they were they were sort of breaking it down into a few different categories like you have your uh uh, your, f- I think, oh, God, I have notes somewhere, but it was like your flavor choices, which is just like, uh, I, I think it's just a choice that'll like, like in our games, if you, when we name our characters, for example, it's sort of like that. It's just like totally unrelated to plot and mechanics and anything. It's just like, yeah, it adds, it adds flavor to the game, little personal flavor. So there's that. Um, they talked about uh, points choices, and that's sort of like the crux of our games, I feel like. Um, I mean, for example, in all of our dating sims, each choice basically, uh, either adds or doesn't add to your relationship meter for the character in that route. Um, so that, I mean, that's what the the points is. You, you add a, you add a point each time you make the right choice and then, uh, your ending depends on how many points you got. So, uh, there was those. And then there was like branching choices, which we don't really do anything with. That's like where you make a choice and it actually like sets you on a, on a different branching path. Um, like a lot of, a lot of dating Sims, not, not the kinds we make, but a lot of dating Sims, they, um, they'll, they'll have you, uh, they'll put you on the path for a specific character based on these branching dialogue paths, as opposed to our simplified version where you just kind of choose the character you want to go for. You'll, you'll make decisions throughout, um, what the game refers to as the common route, basically the intro. And then, uh, based on those, 
choices, then 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 you sort of branch off in in a direction. Yeah. Actually, I guess that's sort of a combination of branching endpoints, for that matter. But yeah, the courting of Miss Bennett, a Pride and Prejudice game, which is uh, a game I wrote. It it sort of does the same thing where it you're basically playing through like the first. Um, I guess I think the first third is how long it is before all of the the characters are introduced and it basically unbeknownst to the player there are like three or four different decision points which are the important ones that set you on a particular pathway right i I think i've heard the word uh flag used as a as a sort of mechanic in in this sort of thing as well like uh <laughs> the way i see reference is like you get a death flag which is a choice you make at a certain point into a game that'll uh inevitably lead you to a death scene regardless of any other choices you make Ouch. and that i mean that could be like that could be like a long time later too yeah it, it, it's almost like old sierra games where you you do the wrong thing in the first chapter and then you die in the seventh chapter because you didn't pick up the correct item at the correct time <laughs> um Oh, and another another type of choice. This one we've we've never even approached playing with, but they were talking about timed choices as well, which is the sort of thing you see more in uh, like Telltale games, like Walking Dead and stuff like that, where you have you have like five five real life seconds to make a decision, and if you don't do it, then you you just miss. You just don't make a decision. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. It, it like really kind of adds a little uh, little stress to the game. That does sound stressful. Uh, I know we were talking. I know this is the podcast about playing games. Uh, I just played the new <laughs> it is WarioWare game today, and that basically the premise of the series is that it's a bunch of mini games which are like five seconds long at most, and that is too much for me. I can't handle it. It's like <laughs> I have to figure out the game. You know, the the game shows up. I have to figure out all the rules and then how to beat the game within five seconds. No, no, no. So. <laughs> I got through like the two tutorial worlds, and then after that, could not progress on any of the uh, other oh. worlds. So oh. it's like death, death. You know, it's very sad. I love, I love WarioWare games. That was like my thing when they first came out. I was obsessed with what, like the Game Boy Advance version, to the point where I was like, I was doing the like the bonus hardcore stuff where. The farther you go, like, the less time you have. So eventually you'd have, like, a second, half a second to, to do the, to beat the game. Stuff oh, like that. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and yeah. this one, I think they do, um, there's, like, speed up, at, at, like, when, when you're a third through uh, a particular level, they do a speed up, and then at two-thirds they do a speed up again. Because I, I'm pretty sure it's just... yeah. Well, for the first area, you just have to do ten mini games, and you have to beat ten mini games without dying four times. And that, that was <laughs> that was too much for me. It's like I could beat one. Do they still have the micro game where you have to pick the person's nose? I think they. We had the one where I had to jump inside a person's nose. Oh, oh, that's different. Okay. And there was one where I had to rip this person's armpit hairs out. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I thought there was a shaving yeah. one in, like, the Game Boy Advance, though, right? That sounds familiar. Yeah, I guess. Well, So I think what's different about this WarioWare one, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I haven't played this the new one yet, um, 
you're you're like for every micro game you're controlling a character moving around on a screen right yeah 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 so that's that's not how they originally worked so in like the game boy advance version for example the uh the aforementioned nose picking you were you were controlling a, a pair of fingers that are automatically sliding across the screen horizontally and you have to push the button at the right time so they shoot upward into the nostrils so okay. but it sounds like the jumping one is is sort of based on that now you're jumping into the nostrils with a with an avatar instead. Yeah, they had a couple of different avatars. Um, I did the jumping one because that that character gave you a lot of movement. I forget what that character's name is, but there was a another character who just goes left and right, and you just press the button to move that character up at the correct spot. So that that's basically the same thing as what you're describing. Yeah. And one character had a boomerang and stuff like that. I thought it was kind of cool with the avatars. It's like, if this had been a platforming game along the lines of sure. Mega Man, I probably would have liked it controlling these characters. <laughs> but uh, Too bad. So, good game. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> Moving back to uh, decision trees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I found my notes, so uh, I'm gonna, I want to go. I was gonna go over a few of the things that I had circled as things I thought were particularly interesting. Um, so they were talking about how it's important to make sure the player understands the things that they are choosing. Um, and the the example they gave was that if you make it a little too vague, then you might choose an option that leads to your character flirting with an NPC and the player responding very negatively to that because that's not at all what they were trying to do. Uh, stuff like that. You know, um, I, that reminds me of the WarriorWare game. Sorry, because <laughs> going back to the game I played three hours ago. <laughs> yes, of course. They they'd have like a one word description for what you're supposed to do for the puzzle. So it'd be yeah. like pick, uh, you know, that would be the word, and it would be vague <laughs> <That's the nose laughs> enough that sometimes you'd have a hard time understanding what the person was trying to say or what your goal is to accomplish mm -hmm. in in the mini game. I feel like with too many Santas, there was one decision point when replaying it. I didn't know which one was the good one or the bad one. <laughs> So I was actually going to come back to that, too, um, because um, something else they were talking about is while you want you want the player to be making an intentional choice, um, but I, I think you don't necessarily want it to like want the ramifications of that choice to be 100 percent clear. Like, uh, I think it would be interesting, too. Or and then this is something they, they also talked about um, that the result shouldn't always be super obvious, like. You can you you can make the choice to intentionally flirt with a character, for example, but that shouldn't like necessarily always be the po like an obviously positive or negative choice. And I was wondering if that's something we should think about more in, in our dating sims is making it harder to figure out like which is the good choice and which is the bad choice, or if it's better to do it the way we've been doing it so people can kind of pick the ending that they want. I don't, I don't really know what the answer is. I know with our games, yeah, specifically yeah. when you make a choice, there's, like, the happy sound effect if it's the good choice. That's true. And if it's the bad choice, it goes <laughs> a at you. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's also something I've, I've been thinking about is whether I should make that, like, something you can turn on or off in the preferences menu instead of you always get that, that audible feedback, whether... Uh, people might prefer not knowing if they like made the correct choice or not. Although you can usually tell based on the character's response anyway. If they get mad at you, you probably made the wrong decision. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it would be better to 
make it more difficult in that respect, more difficult to figure out what the good choice or bad choice is, or or if people prefer it this way. Oh, I don't know. Might be something to to pull the players about at some point. Yeah, we don't have any real decision points in in the Lost Oregon City Gold. I know at one point you you can pick like which girl picks up an item and that has no yeah. effect. You still pick up the item regardless. So well, I, th- I think I think uh, the Lost Oregon City Gold is much more is is, is closer to an adventure game, almost closer to a Phoenix Wright game where it's it's less about the mechanics of of deciding things and more about exploration and puzzle solving. Uh, it's a very different kind of game for us in that respect. It's definitely more of a an adventure game. I think I yeah call it an adventure game in the the Steam description. I feel like it would be yeah. kind of dishonest to call it a visual novel. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be. I, I mean, I like I think it's it's a visual novel in the same sense that Phoenix Wright is a is a visual novel. I I see a lot of similarities between the two, uh, except Phoenix Wright doesn't have quite the exploration mechanics that we have like when you're exploring the woods or outside the museums and things like that yeah they make it a lot easier in phoenix right they do (laughs) no getting lost in the woods in that one yeah (laughs) let's see oh there was there was another talk too i'm I'm sorry i i I will i won't go on this for too long but there was another talk i thought was kind of interesting it was about uh cinematography applying uh, uh techniques from cinematography to your visual novel uh, and a lot of it was about um, character placement, like like some simple things like putting your characters uh, physically farther apart on the screen from one another can sort of imply uh, an emotional detachment between the two characters and putting them closer together can imply more of a relationship. Um, and there was other stuff, too, like having one car- like having them face in different directions or having one face the other's back or like where their placement is on the screen. Like if they're both sort of on the left-hand side of the screen, it, it implies that they're looking forward. Uh, and if they're uh, farther to the right, it implies that like something could be sneaking up on them from behind, stuff like that. And I thought that was all really interesting. That is, I, yeah. I'd never thought about that. I, I pretty much just place characters based on what I think uh, looks best <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> I feel like with... um. I mean, I know with with Lost Oregon City Gold, it's like the characters stand yes. at the seventy five percent mark, the fifty yeah. percent <laughs> mark, or the twenty five percent mark. There was no thought put into that, except for uh, I think there was one place where he said the characters need to be closer together, and that was toward the very start of the game when I just started programming it. I had the characters stand at right and left, but that quickly ended up just looking bad for yeah. Yeah, it it just it looked to me like there was a big hole in the middle of the screen. Yeah, it's like they're totally trying to avoid each other. Yeah, exactly. Which again, it could be something we're trying to like that could be an intentional thing we're we're trying to imply, but we weren't with that scene. There was there was no detachment between uh the dad character and the daughter character at that particular point. So there there was no reason in that regard to to separate them. It's a scene where she steals his cell phone, so it also doesn't make much sense for them to be far apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there is some other stuff, too, about how you can do creative framing, which we have almost never done anything with. Like, instead of just, you know, you're looking at the person head to waist, like, 
for some reason, you could like zoom in on their shoes to indicate, uh, you know, movement or, or yeah, to add to like give a feel of motion to the scene, like they're doing a walk and talk, um, uh, stuff like that. Or the one thing we have done is we have done, uh, like extreme zoom ins on characters, uh, in Cat President 2. I was playing around with that a lot. Um, when, when I was trying to show that the character was coming close to you, the player, to give you a big hug. I would, like, zoom in on the character like that. Oh, yeah, and that would creep everybody out. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I didn't think that was that was what I was primarily thinking at the time. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so the, the whole conference is, like, just a, a full day of of talks about about stuff like that. I mean, there were there was also talks about um voice acting, uh voice voice directing, um working as part of a team. There was a there was a ga- uh, one that was a, a double postmortem uh kind of going over uh their experience in making a game that took 4 years and then another game that took 4 months. Uh there was multiple talks about game jams, uh one talk about just how to like buckle down and actually finish your game, like so. Lots of neat stuff, and then you can you get to spend the whole time, or at least I did, hanging out in a Discord chat and and meeting and interacting with other uh, like-minded developers. So I thought it was a lot of fun. VN Conf, it's called Visual Novel Conference, happens in January every year. It's all online, so anyone can go. I think it's like ten bucks. So anyone can go if you have ten bucks. Anyone with ten yeah. bucks can go. Yes. <laughs> So, Michael, let's talk about actual game development now. Okay. How are we doing with Oregon City Gold? I feel like we're doing okay with that. I don't know if we mentioned this last month, but we were trying to figure out a way to that we could both work on the game at the same time. Because previously I'd like worked a game to, I guess, mostly completion and then hand it off to you and then you'd work it to completion. Mm-hmm. Our, no, previously we've done things where like it depends on the game, yeah. Because yeah. like with um, what was it the uh, uh the Let's Play disaster? That was one where you you did most of the upfront coding work, and then I kind of just dropped in and, and polished it off. Um, with other games, uh, I'll I'll get the script and or, sorry, I'll I will receive the script from you. You will send mm-hmm. me the script, and I'll kind of code it, and then we'll go back and forth on changes we want to make from there. Um. But that's not quite how we're doing it this time. This time, you you still did the vast majority bulk of the coding up front, um, but but now we're sort of at the polish stage, uh, and we're we're trying to a new system where we can, as you said, both work on the code uh, more or less simultaneously. Yeah, it's interesting being on different sides of the country because I, I I don't know if you've been adhering to it but i've been only trying to work at at night so like after 5 p.m oh that's my perfect time. yeah usually uh i i usually try to stop by mid-afternoon like between three and four in my time so i think yeah i think that 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 lines up right yeah yeah so that's that's yeah we're it's it's cool we're able to make um the different time zones really work to our advantage so yeah we're we're, we're hosting the file um um, I won't. I won't say where we're hosting it in case anyone tries to ha- find it and hack into it. Uh, but it's an online uh, space where we can like download the new version of the file when we're about to start on it for the day, make all of our changes, and then upload it when we're finished, basically. And it's it's a lot simpler 
than trying to email stuff back and forth and keep track of it that way. Because <laughs> I feel like that would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. And we're also able to, like, if we make changes to any of the images or we add new sound effects, uh, we can just sort of upload the files onto this website and then each download them on our end and, and stick them where we need, they need to be on our own individual computers. I've been enjoying this this more collaborative uh, approach. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say I mess I did mess up on the the, the one images though. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, it's... I was so I was so confused. I'm like, why can't I find this stupid clue? Why can't I solve this puzzle? Well, it's because I accidentally <laughs> deleted the clues. So. <laughs> So it hasn't been Losing perfect, my but it... <laughs> I was just going up and down the bridge. Where is it? So f- what do I have to click on? Fixing that is now on my to-do list as well. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing we do, too, is uh, in the in this same folder is we have uh, a big to-do list that's, that's sort of split up into three different sections. One is stuff that either of us could work on one is for stuff that is for Michael specifically and one there's for me specifically. Um, and we've just sort of been, uh, crossing stuff off as we go. Um, and specifically leaving it on here. Uh, I had the thought that while we have these items still on the to-do list, we could use that for the podcast to help us remember what we worked on that month. (laughs) And then just kind of remove all the crossed off stuff at the end, uh, after we record the podcast, which, which I'll take care of. Yeah, no, it's it's been working relatively well. What I've been doing on my end, um, instead just I've just been tackling. I just got myself like a list of just doing three things at a time, rather than trying to see mm-hmm. everything in our giant list. <laughs> the list will get shorter once I remove all the crossed off stuff. Don't worry. <laughs> I just did something which will make no sense to anybody, but uh, I was checking the pics at the promenade because we were there yesterday, and you can see the climbing wall from there. So it's like, is the climbing wall actually visible in any of our pictures? Because that would be so cool. Mm. Is it? I couldn't find it anywhere. I didn't know where to look, though. I knew where to look in real life, so... (laughs) I know one of the the the, the tasks that that for Michael got assigned to this month was blurring out each individual license plate and business name and and person's face and all the background so we don't get sued. How how did how did that go? Did that just take you like a million hours to go through everything? It did, yeah. Or, so yeah. <laughs> I I just went through the game picture by picture, scene by scene, and oh I wasn't gosh. sure how to do it in in several places. Let me see if I can pull a fun one up. Mm. <laughs> but like, okay, well, like near the the courthouse, there's a a home furniture place, and so all I did was um, blur out the the name of the business. I just left home furniture. I probably should have asked first sure. if that's okay. So now it's just unknown furniture store. We you, you can't tell which furniture store it is. Yeah, I think that's fine. There's like one that's um, just called Tacos on the building. I think that was something Tacos before, but maybe I'm. It was something it wrong. Taco. I blurred out yeah. um, specifically what type of taco it is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that's fine. I guess we could try talking to an actual lawyer, but I, I feel like we're already sort of going above and beyond. 
uh, with, with this stuff. Um, I definitely appreciate everything you had to do because that did not look fun at all. It was not. In the one place, it was terrible. Uh, the place next to Taco. Let's see if I can find it. I, I'm opening up the folder now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the cannabis store has like four, five different. Okay, it only has like three signs on it. So one of the signs easy enough to blur out. The other is not. And so when I tried blurring it out, you could still clearly read the letters because it it has a name in really, really huge letters. <laughs> so uh. what I did is I just completely cut that out. And um, now the sign just kind of runs blank. I'm sorry, that did a terrible job of describing that. No, but... no I mean, I understand, I understand, but I also know what the image looks like. Yeah, as opposed to me blurring it out, it's like, guess what? There are no letters there. Now it's a sign that says cannabis and just has a huge blank spot next to it. Where clearly <laughs> another word is supposed to go. Oh, but... okay. <laughs> I mean, it all looks pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, this. I mean, it looks great. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know. I, I feel pretty guilty about making you do this. Maybe next time uh, we can we can tag team that so you don't have to do everything yourself. Uh, maybe Poor next Michael. time I could just contact these places and not worry. Yeah, I mean, it was all, I mean, there was a lot of stuff because a lot of these pictures were in, like, you know, commercial, commercial-ish areas. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a lot of businesses to bother. Yeah, I can see that's probably why the, the Carol Reed series generally does things out in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so the DCC, D, the DC scenes, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. So with uh, some of those, some of those um, really hard to blur out. Uh, you, you try blurring this person's face, and it still looks relatively like a, a face. And so mm-hmm. what I ended up having to do was uh, in Photoshop, I whatever the tool is for selecting things, I just make a circle around the person's face. I copy yeah, paste it's like that a lasso tool, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I copy that, I pasted it into a new uh, new photo file. Then I shrank it down to like 100 pixels tall and then blew it back up to what the normal size was. Oh. And from there, I, I added the blurry. And that made the blurry more blurry, if that makes sense. So it made wow. the blur a lot more effective. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was wondering how you did all the blurs, actually, because I, I, I mean, I was pretty impressed by how it all turned out. But with the others, it was just extreme zoom in, go from person to person, and <laughs> hope you don't miss anybody. Yeah, and the, the poor, the, the scenes in Washington, D.C., there were a lot of people there. Because, I mean, it was in the, the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah, I imagine lots of people are there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny, actually. So one of the people in the shots is my friend Eric, and I belatedly thought, maybe we should ask Eric. He probably wouldn't mind us leaving him unblurred. But then it would it would also look weird. I feel like it would look like we we made a mistake and forgot to blur that one person. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than people thinking we got permission to un- to not blur that person. So he's standing in a scene with oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because those pictures are just from like a trip I took. They were they were a hundred percent not taken specifically for this game. It just happened to work out that I had taken enough pictures that we were able to use them this way. Yeah, so that was one of the big things I 
I I did. Uh, what was the big thing you you had to do? Uh, I mean, I did a lot of little stuff. Uh, one of the more protracted things, I guess, was uh, I was I went through and added a lot of different transitions to various scenes. Had characters kind of fading in and out and transitioning from one scene to the next. I think my favorite is probably when you go to play the uh, Oregon Trail. Or- trying to remember to say it right Oregon Trail mini game uh you have like a little pix- pixel pixelated transition there which really works to uh switch to the pixely game that's cool i never oh. really learned how yeah. to do the transitions i know there's a difference between fade <laughs> and dissolve uh i learned how yeah. to do dissolve on the characters but apparently dissolve works differently if you try to do dissolve scene oh i don't know if i'm I right. see, i've 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 almost never used fade. I use dissolve for basically everything. So I don't really I don't even really know how fade works. I know it should be like fade to black or um I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I mean yeah, that I mean that's what I usually do. So like if I'm going from one scene to the next. So I think I think the fade command like I think it automatically goes to black and then goes to the next scene. Um, but it does it in kind of a prescribed like way. Like it, it always takes this long to fade to black, and then takes this long to fade to the next scene. So I like using dissolve because it gives me a lot more control over how long the fade takes. So I mean, my my standard is I do dissolve to black for one second, and then I pause on that black screen a lot of the time for a little bit, and then I do another dissolve for one second into the new scene. Uh, and I'm usually using that transition to like fade out the music from the previous scene and and get ready to fade in the new one. Uh, and I mean, sometimes we have dialogue when the when the screen is black too. Uh, not a lot in this game, I don't think, but in like Cat President and uh, Santa's, we do. Yeah, I was just looking up just now that in this game, the the scenes where uh, the screen flashes white is actually fade. Mm. It's uh. It takes 0.25 seconds to fade the white. It holds on white for zero seconds and then takes 0.7 seconds to go back to, uh, I mean, move on to the next scene. Yeah. And okay. I specifically pick the color white, which apparently is color number FFF. <laughs> I it didn't is. know that. Yeah, white is a bunch of Fs and black is a bunch of zeros or, yeah, I think it's zeros, unless it's Os. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what that's when you're trying to find the dog, right? You use that flash. Yeah, that specifically hides the fact that the camera shifted slightly to the left or to the oh, right when the dog disappeared. Smart. Nobody's noticed it so far. I mean, smart. I wouldn't know it if I hadn't been the one who's because when I previously did it, where it just switches from one picture to the other, it's noticeable. It was noticeable enough that it bugged me, and so the flash. Yeah. <laughs> Brief flash to white. Now, granted, you're only on white for one sec, or what was it, zero seconds? So that was enough. Yeah, that's so interesting. Wow. See, it it felt so intentional in the game. I didn't even realize it was try. You were using it to hide anything. So I mean, it's it's perfect. Well done. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Was there anything else interesting? Oh, and I and I was going through and added. Um, what I refer to as the emotes in our games. So that's the parts in, um, I think you see it in Cat President 2, Pizza Boy, uh, Too Many Santas. It might have started in Francie Drew, but I'm not sure about that. It's in there. I, I know Katie gets excited yeah. about something. It goes, 
or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I, I those are those are the scenes where um it plays yeah, kind of a or a or like a Mario jump sound. <laughs> Uh, and then shakes the screen to to sort of add a little emotive effect to what the character is saying. Uh, and I, I, I usually am adding these in scene in sentences that end in ex- exclamation points. Is like those sound effects almost like kind of are the exclamation points themselves. So if someone's like shouting, uh, we'll do the sound, and then the screen will shake a little bit left and right. And if they're excited, it's the sound, and the screen will go up and down. Uh, to sort of like indicate like you're bouncing up and down, you're so excited. Oh, um, so I was that was that was something I was doing uh, while I was adding the transitions. I was also looking for spots where I could include those too, just because I, I I like that. I think it gives the game a, a sense of uh, liveliness that visual novels sometimes uh, don't have. Um, I got the idea from Ace Attorney actually, because they do they have like a million different effects just like that that they use uh, throughout the dialogue scenes. Way, way more than I could ever figure out how to implement. <laughs> I just stick to the two, but they do ones for like when someone is confused too, asking a question, stuff like that. Okay. Okay, so which one is excited? Is V punch excited or is H punch? I used, yeah, I do V punch for the excited one and then H punch for shocked. So it's H punch, it's moving on the horizontal axis axis and v punch up and down vertically. good i guessed correctly yeah because at, <laughs> at one point um i was going through the script and, and you had put down move with like y punch y punch y punch um mm. and so i changed all those y punches oh, to v God. punches yeah because i think it I was do, a typo oh, thank you for catching that it was yeah i think <laughs> I do that every, like, half the time I do that. I think in, like, Too Many Santas or Cat President, I I eventually got frustrated with myself. And instead of trying to fix it, I just set a variable at the beginning of the game that then Y punch equals V punch. So that way, I, I was good either way. If I missed any of them, you just did the same thing. So, yeah. Life hacks for getting around my own dumbness <laughs> it's okay so the other big thing i did was uh i took pictures of the elevator and added an elevator scene so yeah, now we can actually finally. go up the elevator very exciting i'm pretty sure i'm gonna so i'm i'm, I'm in the middle of picking screenshots uh as we're recording this picking screenshots for the steam page i'm pretty sure i gotta have a shot of the elevator as one of them especially since you you shouted out in the steam page description too <laughs> I wasn't sure what other places to mention, to be honest. <laughs> and it's like the, the the town's famous, or I forget what adjective you used, but then the municipal elevator. The amazing municipal it. elevator, something along yeah. those lines. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking I might use a kind of one of the wide angle shots where you see the, the municipal elevator sign on there. Might Might stick that in there. The beloved municipal elevator, yes. <laughs> Even better. I had like three different versions of oh. the sentence. I, I wasn't sure. I wanted to have an adjective on every single location, like the old Pioneer Cemetery. I guess that wasn't very creative, old Pioneer, but whatever. Oh. <laughs> See, and we, we were both, uh, we both did some work adding various sound effects to the game, too. That's, that's something, that's another thing that I really like that we do that uh, isn't like, 
super common in visual novels is that I, I basically try to put in a sound effect where like wherever the characters are doing anything that would create a sound, I try to put a sound effect there if I think to do it. Because um, again, I, I, I think that that gives the games a, a greater sense of liveliness. Like so often it's it's easy for a visual novel to just be, you know, 10 lines of text with a static image. So I, I try to avoid that to the extent that I can. Um, that's that's one of the tricks. Yeah, and I saw you. Uh, you you were recording some too, right? You got uh, you recorded your your puppy and your daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. Oh, guess I could go through the list. No, I was gonna say that you 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 do a good job of figuring out where sound effects could go. I think there's only one of oh, your you. spots that I caught, which is like, okay, maybe we could have a sound effect when they're moving rocks for the rock puzzle but then i didn't know how to play the sound effect um <laughs> but i assume you did yeah it's a yeah there's a screen command for that i think i think that's what i did unless uh now i have to see oh here's on our list where the sound effects are i only did like half the sound effects <laughs> but um <laughs> I don't know if that would be a spoiler. Um, something with a penny. Oh, uh, I just yeah. dropped a penny multiple times. That was all. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, with with pushing in rocks, I just went to the backyard or, or wherever we have big concrete, two big concrete blocks, just pushed them against each other, scraping them against oh, nice. each other. Uh, that's cool. So yeah, you're you're like going out into the field, I mean, literally almost, and, and recording stuff. I was getting most of mine... Uh, uh, from free sound and a lot of them like straight up public domain sounds. Uh, I, I have, I don't think I've recorded anything for this one. Uh, I'm using some, some of the sounds are ones that I've recorded previously, but I didn't actually get anything new. Huh. Cause I'm lazy. I've got a sound effect for uh, unfolding bricks. I mean, it's a lot easier, but <laughs> you know, but it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's good that you're able to do that. Oh, I had to remove the, uh, the college logo from your t-shirt in a few more pictures. Oh no! <laughs> I see that on my list. <laughs> oh, it happened. I think I think it worked out okay. Yeah, for the uh, that's right. That's in the bonus. That's section, That's for the right? bonus oh. section. Yeah, so that's that's why mm. they weren't like removed earlier, was <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> those were pictures that had already been pre-picked as not being in the actual game. Right. But you're right for the oh, for the good. dog to get the dog barking sound effect because I just had yeah a free sound um just dog barking from free sound i'm like well it would make the credits like one line shorter if i just got my <laughs> own dog to bark because i've got the dog so uh <laughs> rang the doorbell on purpose to, to get the dog angry and bark yes. so they're, they're oh. all angry barking oh. and i recorded like oh, uh, about talk. like a minute of just the dog barking yeah Let's see, I I don't know if you've added anything to the shared, but um, you know, I made a point uh, of taking I added, everything I added off the some shared files one. To, yeah, I added a, some new stuff today. I think, yeah. God, what even was it at this point? Oh, I was um, I updated the clues for the graveyard section. That was okay. It. Oh, have you seen the the three icos yet? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was. Th- <laughs> I mean, of course, my favorite is the elevator one, but <laughs> I'll put that in the uh, the new files then, just in case. Yes. Um, I'll probably just do a Twitter poll asking people which one is better. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just saw them pop up in the folder. How fancy. Yep, I, I did that just now. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool how instantaneous it is. Wow, the magic of the internet. Internet is amazing. Yeah, I, I'm glad we changed the uh, the clues in the the cemetery because those were definitely placeholder. Yeah. To make it work. I also uh, i I made some changes to the main menu. I haven't gotten. I haven't. Um, I haven't finished it yet, though. I haven't been able to program it yet. Um, but I'm I'm pretty happy about how I made that look. Uh, let me let me see if I can I can send you a work in progress. Maybe I'll even put it in the Discord. Special treat for anyone who's paying attention. <laughs> I see you there, Anna. I see you, Anna. I don't think you're listening, but I see you were there. Uh, just the other day, I went to the waterfall and recorded various sounds at various distances from the oh, waterfall. Cool. So I got four of them. So I don't know how on earth we would program that. I think other games just have one. Um would just have one waterfall sound effect and it gets oh yeah yeah we change the volume the closer we get to it yeah yeah it could be based on a, on the screen so we would play it as an uh, ambient track so that it wouldn't interfere with the music uh, and then based on what screen you are on we would set what the level of the ambient musical track is so like on the main waterfall screen it would be set to the volume would be set to 100% and then the farther you go it would be like you know, 80, 60, 20, whatever. Totally doable. Okay, okay. I have no idea how to do it, but I can get you those waterfall sounds. <laughs> if you give me the file, uh, if you if you give me the file and then uh, tell me which screens it should change on, I could definitely do it. Actually, you know what? Uh, I've got it right here. I'll just throw it on our shared thing right perfect. now. So I basically just took the video of the waterfall, pointing the camera towards the waterfall, so it kind of mimics the actual pictures in the game okay cool yep i can i can definitely add that to my list um i think probably for the next few days or at least well i guess at least tomorrow i'll probably just be doing steam page stuff um but i should be able to get back into the game pretty soon uh all right uh i'm sending you my work in progress of uh the title screen it's in the discord there you go so you, you can see I, I was sort of playing with the idea of the title screen as an old uh, photograph, which mm -hmm. is sort of what we had been going for before. So now I added these sort of spots where like parts of the photo have kind of been peeled away or damaged in some way. And then I have yeah. text written on it as though it's like someone writing a label on that broken part of the, the image. So I have something at the top that has all the menu options and at the bottom has all of our social media icons. Which definitely go in an old-fashioned photo. Let's see. So Yeah. What's the... Uh, I don't know enough about social media. So I see Facebook and Twitter. What are the other ones? Yes. Oh, so the middle one is just for the podcast. Okay. Uh, and then the one after that is Discord and then uh, Steam. Just a link to all our Steam games. All right. Okay. I guess that makes I, sense. I don't know if anyone ever actually clicks on these things, but uh, I, I like... I like making them available to, you know, try to try to build up our community. If people play the game, they're like, oh, I want to find out more about these people. I, there's the icon right there for them. There was an achievement in one game for clicking on the social media. <laughs> there was. We've done that a few times now. It makes me happy. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I'm sitting at right now.
maybe add more achievements to the game. I know there's a couple of screens where you could just zoom in on something, but it doesn't do anything at all. Yeah, there's a bunch of like monuments and plaques and stuff you can look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's specifically it. I know like at Liberty Plaza, I Yeah. There's a zoom in on the ground at one spot where you can zoom in on the picture of Liberty Theater, which used to be there. And there's nothing for it. It's just a cool close-up. That's all. Yeah, I think that's that's on the list of things to to continue working on. Because I think most of the achievements, or at least the the ones that you've thought up so far, those Mm -hmm. are all basically programmed in the game. Uh, It's just at some point we'll have to figure out the art, the thing we always love doing and talking about. (laughs) Steam images. I'll add that onto the list then. I guess achievement images. I can at least put them in Steam thing um oh I, I took all my character photos this month that was something i did oh yeah that was <laughs> i forgot that deal. was still that was still this month that was yeah that was fun uh like i was talking about before i got to finally play with my tripod which shock was a lot easier than <laughs> using a chair and a pile of books uh and it did come with uh, the little remote thing for taking pictures too um so there's a lot of pictures where my hand is kind of hidden in my sleeve and <laughs> that is why I eventually figured out that I could set it on like a three second timer and give myself enough time to drop it into my pocket. But there's definitely a few where I'm just like, it's in my hand and my hand is just obscured. (laughs) I was going to say, for Michael's cell phone in the game, that's another sound effect that got added. Mm. Is uh, I, I wanted it to be the Oregon State song, but I couldn't find a copy which oh. was public domain. No, nobody has made one or released one, so th- that wasn't an option. So I just picked a a random. Uh, I went to Freesound, and I, I believe you mentioned on Freesound that you can just search for things that are totally public domain. You don't have to, yeah, like credit anyone. So that's what I did. Yeah, there were enough like <laughs> ringtone was common enough that you could do it. Yeah, I. It feels bad, but I like using public domain stuff where I can, uh, because I've noticed before when our credits get really long and it's a lot of licensed stuff, uh, uh, YouTubers and streamers make fun of us. (laughs) So (laughs) I try not to use a lot of things where I have to put a huge long list of credits in. And you'll notice, too, the... The the newer games, I'll I also um in the license assets section, the font usually gets quite smaller too, and that's that's for the same reason. It's I'm just trying to get people not to make fun of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I was thinking. That's sort of why I recorded a bunch of sound yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a good idea. Here's my actual dog barking. That way, I don't have to add another line to the credits. I was going to say with ringtone. Just looking up free sound right now. Ringtone. They've got like. 302 different ringtones, which are just totally public domain and free, but 285, which are, you have to put something about it in the credits. Speaking of ringtones, a fun bit of trivia for uh, Pizza Delivery Boy, You Save the World. I think, is that, no, no, I'm sorry, it's one of the Cat President games. Anyway, one of the ringtones is is from our friend Jetty's game, Pizzarian. (laughs) It's one of the theme songs from Pizzarian. (laughs) Really? Huh. Which... Yeah, which I got permission to use from from the author, of course. But yeah, I think it's the original Cat President in like the DJ Nibbles pathway, maybe when you get a call in your cell phone, it's the Pizzarian theme. It's one of those. One yeah. of those. Pathways. You called. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> DJ Nibbles went to the arcade instead of going to yeah. the uh, the old yes. folks' home to give a speech because he thought it would be boring. <laughs> yep. That, oh. that guy, how did he become president? I don't know. That was everyone's favorite choice. Well, <laughs> Go to the uh, uh, arcade game, yeah. Wasn't it between him and Kale, the peop- the uh, the fan vote? I think, <laughs> Those were yeah. Every- I was very yeah. sad Rover wasn't in it. Uh, uh, oh. was not one of like the top three. I remember at one point you were you were pushing hard for DJ Nibbles specifically because you didn't want to write for Kale anymore because he's too boring. Yeah. Oh, poor Kale. Oh, sorry, if I've I've swung us a bit off topic. My apologies. This is but behind the scenes like oh rock stuff. It's still relevant if that makes sense. That's true. That's true. That's true. Also, I mentioned Cat President the other day when um Yeah. We went to the store and there was some anime stuff and I said Cat President is my favorite anime. <laughs> And my daughter's like, no, it's not, because she's right. It isn't, but it should be. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah. No, abs- please. Like, I'm... I, Rock Studios is open to anyone who wants to adapt Cat President as an anime. Please. <laughs> We're standing by. Oh, it would be real. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's ripe for an adaptation. I think it would be so cool. I think it would be great if, if, even if somebody was just wanting to translate the entire game into Japanese. Oh my gosh. That would be a lot of uh, writing, yeah. though. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's there's a reason why I haven't looked into translations for our games, and it's because there's a lot of words in them. It would be expensive to uh, to contract that out. Yeah, I know, but even with Phoenix Wright, I was going to say... There, there's sometimes you get stuff in the Phoenix Wright games which are just so Japanese specific. It's sort of untranslatable. Oh, I see. Oh my gosh! I just so thought localize it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the reverse would be true. It maybe if we tried to translate Cat President into Japanese because kind of like references American politics and such. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So, do you do you think the localizers would? would try to like do the do the Phoenix Wright thing where they try to make it as though they're talking about Japan <laughs> or or would they leave all the US references in and just have it be kind of incomprehensible to a Japanese yeah. audience. I I imagine they'd have to rewrite like huge chunks of the game if they wanted to actually if they really wanted it to be about the Japanese political system. They would. I don't think they I don't I don't think they would be able to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have I haven't done Cat President 3 should be about electing the, the cat president of Japan. Sorry, Prime Minister. I Maybe I'm not the right person to work on this game. The, yeah, it's a Prime Minister. I know yeah. there's at least one dating sim where you're the, you're the Prime... Yeah, it's My Hot Bodyguard. That's the one where you're the Prime Minister's <laughs> daughter. And uh, there's a, a hot bodyguard. Oh... All right, well, I'll check that one out later. Okay, I don't think... Is this it? My hot bodyguard, colon, a steamy older man, younger woman... Romance? No. Romance. Yeah, there it is. My sweet bodyguard. Okay, my mistake. Oh, my sweet bodyguard. Okay. And it looks like they don't (laughs) sell this game anymore. Yeah. 
Oh wait, there's there's a new game called To Love and Protect, which is heavily based on My Sweet Bodyguard. Oh good, they just they just rewrote it. That, Maybe that one's still available. Great. Yeah. Oh, and that link doesn't go anywhere. Okay. Wow, this is just disappointment all over the place. I guess I'm just gonna have to read my hot bodyguard, a steamy older man, younger woman romance. No, no, that sounds terrible. No. <laughs> yes. So sounds... uh, I know we've been we've I know we've been talking about doing an Oarock Studios book club, everyone. So this is gonna be the book for this month. All right, everyone, go download it. It's free on Kindle. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and so let's all come back next month and be ready to talk about it. <laughs> oh. Amazing must read. I think that just about does it for this <laughs> month. Thank you for <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen and Michael is at Argolfump, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is by Fifth Avenue. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we'd love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add, Michael, in this, this final episode before our very first book club meeting? I, I quit. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Story will be told Uh, baby just got kidnapped. That's not good.